Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knife Works, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Beco Knives and Nick Tobin of Pickle Cutters, and you're listening to Work For It. That's right. Business in the workshop every week. Make sure you hit follow. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Maybe you know, maybe make it a six-star review. Six <laughs> stars for our show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are in the top 2% of all podcasts downloaded in the world. That's right. You're listening to something that majority of people who make things actually listen to and get value from. And today, it's just going to be an easy show. You know why? Because it's freaking the middle of February. Can you believe it? 2024, middle of February. Here we are flying around in space. Dark, deep chasm, black with this beautiful green and blue ball just spinning around in the world. And you and I are part of the oil in that machine making things, doing commerce, making money, changing lives. Are you stuck in a cubicle? Are you sitting there thinking to yourself, I cannot answer to my dickhead boss anymore. This guy is a moron and he's telling me what to do every single day. And I got ideas. I got tools. I got hands that work. I want to change my life. Well, then this podcast is for you. That's right. You're listening to the guys who can guide you through that path. You can take it one day at a time and you can change your life, make a little bit more money and get that mental health boost for making things with your hands. Right here on the Work For It podcast, we are your guy. Think of me as Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. That's what I want you to I want you to you think of me as like it, this Brian. old dude. Right? Like, imagine this. Here I am. I've got a staff, right? I've got a white horse. Not Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White. I have defeated the demon. I have risen up. I have my staff of light. I have my dwarf. His name is Brian Cone. Yo! To my left, now. he's got an axe and a nice. beard. I've got my elf with his, his archery skills. His name is Pickle Cutters. And we are going to defeat evil across the land. Together, we can do this. We can rise up. All right, I said I wasn't going to go on the long ride, Trev. I, I got to stop this now because otherwise we're not going to get to WFI projects. Okay. All right. All right. How you guys doing? How are good. you doing, Brian? I just finished the Lord of the, the Rings trilogy. No joke. Like I, Sarah and I went back and watched it again, and it holds up. It's, it's really great. So if you're looking for something to watch, um in the evenings or whatever i mean they're long as hell it's a it's a it's a commitment but uh definitely worth watching again i mean yeah in our crew who would be Gollum? i mean we gotta f- <laughs> I we need a schmeagle i've never i've never seen lord of the rings unfortunately guys i'm sorry really oh man yeah I'm missing out. Not- it's really a great epic tale yeah see that's like all these like uh these fairy tales and like sci-fi movies and like that's something that never really caught me growing up. Like I've never seen Star Wars either. Like, oh man, people are gonna hate mm. me for that, but I've never seen. I've never even seen to sit like say in front of a screen and like start the movie. Never. Like I can't say I've walked away from it because it wasn't mine. Like I never even gave it a chance. Mm. I'm sorry, guys, but that's me. It's a classic. It's a classic tale of good versus evil, and I think that's where the you know I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, not a huge, uh, I guess fantasy whatever you want to call Lord of the Rings. I've never been that big of a fan of those things, but I what I take away from them is the whole internal battle. Like it's an analogy, right, for the good versus evil type deal you know they got the angel on one side you got the the devil on the other and which way do you follow which way do you go 
And I think that's uh, what sucks me in. Plus, you know, Lord of the Rings is like, I think the trilogy, just the trilogy, they've made other movies around it now, but the trilogy itself is almost nine hours long. Yep. Jesus. And uh, yeah, so you really, it's a commitment. But anyways, I don't want to just get it all sucked into that, but I had a that's, great time watching it and, and uh, I encourage you guys to go out and look, watch it again. I mean, that's movies a day's are, of work. Listen, listen. No, you don't do it at all in one sitting, but you... I've done it all in one sitting. Oh, have you? Okay, so imagine this. It's 20 years old, and in some cases, over 20 years Mm -hmm. old, those films. Uh, Peter Jackson did a great job directing them, and I highly suggest. I'm going to do one more shout-out before I forget, because I have been watching this guy on... um, here, hold on. I got to pull this up on on YouTube, and he interviewed. I don't have you seen this guy Noah, somebody or other. Uh, Jesus, I should have been more prepared for this. Let me just uh, pull this up. Yeah, you should have. YouTube.com. <laughs> Let me just type that in real quick. Stay with me. It's gonna be. It's gonna definitely be worth your videos. No, the history. Here we go. All right, so Noah Kagan, so it's spelled K-A-G-A-N, okay? He is the guy that started App Sumo like a while ago. I don't know if you guys remember App Sumo, but it was like a, yeah, it was kind of like an app business that early on. Anyway, he made some money doing this, but now he goes around and he interviews CEOs or ex-CEOs of companies, people that started big, big companies, and he asks them about like, you know, because these guys are out of the game now, they're willing to give all their like, you know, secrets and their details and stuff. And I just got sucked into last night watching a couple of videos while I was eating dinner. And he interviews the uh, ex CEO of 3Com. And 3Com is basically the company that delivered Ethernet to the whole world. So mm-hmm. if you can imagine, like, you know, any kind of networking that you do, they didn't invent it. They just licensed it and sold it to a bunch of companies and built the base, the foundation of what the Internet is. And when you listen to this guy talk, two takeaways. One is he said that he didn't make as much money as the CEO of this company, which is like a multi-billion dollar company, as he did when he was the head of sales and marketing. So he made more money doing the sales and marketing thing than he ever did Mm -hmm. as the CEO. That's the other takeaway or one takeaway. The other guy I watched was the, have you ever heard of Uggs, the boots, like the sheepskin boots? He interviews the founder of that company. Australian guy comes from Australia to the United States, like in the seventies or eighties, he's a surfer, right? He's sitting on the beach He's thinking, I have to create a product if I want to stay in the United States. He's like looking for trends, like he wants to start a business. He's young. And he goes surfing with his buddies in the Pacific Ocean. He's in California. He's cold. He gets out of the water and he puts on his sheepskin boots, which are a very common thing back then in Australia. So it's a common shoe that's worn there or was. And he's like, you can, you know, the, all these guys are coming up to him going, man, that, that must feel nice, you know, to have nice warm shoes after you go surfing. And he realized, ding, so, you know, these aren't sold in the United States. These aren't mm. things that you can find here. So he created Uggs Boots. The story is fantastic listening to him talk about this because he created Uggs Boots, built up the company, lost it in a deal like he signed a contract. <clears throat> That basically made him null and void, not the owner of the company anymore. Then the partner that kind of duped him out of it dies. And it just so happens that he had taken out life. They both had taken out life insurance policies against each other. And he cashed in the guy's life insurance and bought the company back. It's fascinating to listen to. But here's one. I want to just give one last takeaway on this guy. He talks about how when he first started Uggs that he was hiring models to wear his boots, like beautiful women, you know, and all this stuff. And they were taking pictures of them and putting them in magazines and ads. And that's what you did back then. And then he he was standing in a surf shop trying to sell the owner of the surf shop a bunch of boots. 
and he hears like two young guys come in. He goes, oh, those Ugg boots, man. They're so fake. Everybody, you know, like you see these ads with these beautiful women, like surfers don't wear these. Surfers don't wear these boots. And it dawned on him that he'd been doing it all wrong, right? He had been trying to fake this, you know, uh, this lifestyle, right? These beautiful women wearing his boots and blah, blah, blah. So he takes a cheap Instamatic camera down to the beach, grabs a few pairs of Uggs, gives them to some surfers and they're walking down the beach and he takes a couple of snapshots of these guys wearing these boots. He puts those in his ads. Now to give you a frame of reference up until that point, he had only sold like 500 pairs a year. I mean, the guy was just, just getting started that following year. He sold 25,000 pairs mm. and it was because he was building a brand. Okay. And he realized that he couldn't do that unless he had the trust of his customers. And so taking pictures of beautiful women wearing his boots. Yeah, that's great on the surface. But the reality of it was, is he was trying to sell these to surfers. He didn't know his audience as well as he thought he did. He thought the audience would see beautiful women wearing the boots and they would just instantly go out and purchase them. Well, they didn't. And uh, so, you know, I think the takeaway from all of this, listening to these guys talk is super valuable. You might pull something out of it too. So go check out Noah Kagan, K-A-G-A-N. That's the name of his YouTube channel on YouTube. I will put a link to it in the show notes. So you can go check out the interview with, with Brian, uh, the guy that started Ugg boots. I think that's a better one to start with. Go out and check it out. And um, that's my, I'm done with my shout outs for now. So anyway, <laughs> I'm done. I said I wasn't going to do this. Brian, how the hell are you? What are you doing in your workshop this week? It's been a really good week in the shop. Uh, got it quite a bit done. Um, one of the big things um, that was really, really fun is I was able to sit down on a kind of an interview type show with Grumpy Grunt over on YouTube. He does live streams over there. Have you ever have you ever checked out his stuff? No, but I'm going to look it up right now. Grumpy yeah. Grunt. Yeah, go check out Grumpy Grunt. Um, so he does these live streams uh, a couple times a week over on YouTube. Mm. And I mean, we went on for like three and a half hours. And it was one of those one of those situations where you we stopped and we looked at the time and it's like three and a half hours. That felt like maybe an hour and a half max. It was just a really fun time. And he's grown a lot of a, a really cool um, kind of collection of people, regulars that you know, pretty much jump on and interact and ask questions and tell jokes. And man, it was just a really good time. So go check out Grumpy Grunt. But other it looks than that, like knife content. I mean, yeah, he, knife content he, for okay. sure. Um, he he is very much a knife connoisseur. So it's definitely based around EDC and knife stuff. But yeah, but the I'm, other I'm big looking thing for the stream for that you are on. See, uh, do you know the name of it? Because I don't see it here. Um, I don't know if he posts his live streams afterwards. Oh, I see. Okay, all right, very good. So it is definitely you have to be there, be there or be square. The other big thing is I am starting on the Viking Challenge next week, so I've got everything ordered and I've got all of the materials coming in, and I've got a master plan of an idea. And I don't know if I can I don't I don't want to give away too much, but it is it is definitely going to be some really cool materials and uh, maybe something that nobody's ever seen before. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for being vague on it, but, you know, I got to so, keep things, you know, behind the chest or give me give me the broad strokes on the Viking challenge. Also, De so just so you guys are aware, if you're not aware, Dennis Terrell what twice a year does these challenges yeah twice, twice a year. year and there's a facebook group for it so go out and look for that um i don't know what the facebook group is but if you just google knife challenge i think you'll find it and i participated in the first few of them i just got too busy couldn't do the re remainder of them I, at some point i might jump back into it uh he does a theme for each knife challenge and then a specific set of YouTubers. I don't know how many it is this round, but like 10 or 15, 
then create videos around that challenge and it boosts like the algorithm. So people start watching, they bounce around and watch a whole bunch of other videos. It's really great. And then there's a viewer portion of it Mm -hmm. where people can dive in and make their own. And that's what the Facebook group is for. So you guys can talk and share all of that. The, Brian, give me the broad strokes on the Viking challenge. Like, is there a set of rules or what? Before what's up we with go it? into that, um, the YouTube page is YouTube Knife Maker Challenge. So go check that out over, uh, or excuse me, not YouTube. The Facebook, Facebook group is YouTube Knife Maker Challenge. So go check that out yep. and join in because it's a lot of fun. So the Viking challenge, basically, um, it's very broad strokes. Anything related to Viking, basically, they say, Hey, make a Viking themed knife and make a YouTube uh, video around it. And uh, yeah, we're just going at it and uh, making that happen. I imagine this time around, it's going to be a lot of saxes and maybe a couple axes. But, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of really iconic Viking weaponry. I've seen a few swords. uh, Yeah, swords. Viking swords are definitely... Basically, it's swords, a sax, or an axe. An axe, yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get outside of that a little bit and try to still, you know, have it based around a Viking, but not be one of the one recreating one of those things of the of the past. Eh, I'm trying to does I'm it, trying to go a little bit outside of the box on this one. Does it have to be like edged weapon for sure? Like absolutely, or I. I would kind of assume so, although for the last one with the samurai challenge, there was one person who did some sort of a like a what would you call it like a trident or I forget exactly exactly what the thing was. It's some sort of a weapon. So whether it's edged or pointy or, you know, I don't think it really much matters, although I could imagine somebody going way left field with it and doing really well. But I was thinking like a Warhammer. You know, Warhammer would be Vikings, cool. Yeah, like Vikings had Warhammers, you know, and stuff like that. So. I never even thought about that. That would be really cool. Pickle, what would you do if you were in on this type of a challenge? <sighs> I would probably... I don't know. I'm looking at vi- vi- viping, Viking weapons right now, not Vipe wins. But uh, there's... Um, I'm a big fan of like uh, clubs and maces and shit like that. That's why I asked like if a edged weapon was, you know, just the only option because Vikings, like I said, they had impact tools as well too. Like, right. So, you know, a mace would be something that would be different than probably what most people thought of making. So like you said, stepping outside of the box, I would probably go towards like a mace or a warhammer or something like that, mm. like a striking tool, striking weapon. So let's say, so pickle cutters, you're trying to make some, let's say a Viking mace or a Viking warhammer. Give me the build. Like what exactly? Let's go step by step. What's what type of steel? What do you, what are you playing with? Well, if I'm making a mace, chances are I'm using 50 to 100 because, you know, I want a ball bearing at the end because, you know, it's an easy find if you're looking okay. for, uh, for steel, you know. Let me let me put the screws to you, though, because this is a challenge. If you just use regular steel, I don't know if that's really going to wow too many people. I wasn't done. Okay, All right. right. Uh, And then I was going to say the spikes on the mace would be screwed into the ball itself. And those spikes would probably be a Damascus or something like that. All right. Cool. You know, and then there's chains holding this mace there. And if somebody really wants to get fucking creative, he could make Damascus chain link. Okay. It's doable, you know. So, you know, if somebody's got the time and the creativity to to make something like this, he could make something pretty wild and it will would stand out, you know. Yeah. Even a wrought iron ball would be cool, all etched out and all that shit. Ooh. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think a weapon a lot of people forget about um like a Norse weapon or Viking weapon is the spear. That's mm. another yeah, spear is another one. Very yeah. common one. Yeah. All so right, Brian. Well, cool I just see that. I just put pickle through it. If you were into this challenge, what would you be making? I think I'd definitely lean towards an axe or a spear. Okay. And and the reason is is because I think it's just so much different than what everybody else is doing. Mm. You know, so that if if you're making a sax, you're gonna kind of blend in. I think to the masses and the 
uh, you know, the d- other contestants, I think a spear or an ax would definitely like a bearded ax or something would mm. definitely make a statement, a standout statement to the judges. So okay. it's important. I think that everybody is aware that this is a judged competition and it's judged by people who actually make knives mm-hmm. and make weaponry, which is an important part of this just because you can kind of you can just bet that they're going to like you know look at everything from the standpoint of not just the craftsmanship but also the video work and everything else mm-hmm. so it's a it's a freaking real deal type challenge that Dennis has built here millions of people watch this now right like when he started it it was kind of a small thing it's big now so Make sure you go check out the YouTube uh, challenges. And if you haven't watched them all, you can go back and watch. God, there's probably hundreds of hours of content based around this concept if you go on and and look at it. So that's cool, Brian. So anything else uh, development-wise going on in your workshop? one last thing on the Viking challenge. Here's the scary bit. Mr. Dennis Tyrell is in with us on the regular level. He's not a judge this time around. Oof. So I am up against Mr. Denny T. And uh, how did he get demoted down to I don't uh, know, just man. a regular dude? I'm, what happened it's, there? I think so. The way that they have it structured is basically if you're in the top five or top four, I forget exactly what it is. You get moved up to the judges and then the top judge stays and the bottom four drop down. So I think oh. I think he got booted that way this last time around. I see. Okay. Just so that, right. you know, because otherwise the judges, you know, there's there's a couple of them that are going to be in the top five. It seems like every single time. Dennis so this kind of keeps be a dropped down a peg. Going. Just to be fair, he needed to be dropped down a peg. Or two, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, Dennis. It's OK. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pickle, what's going on in your life? Oh, shenanigans, all kinds of shenanigans, good stuff. And yeah, just uh, pushing through this uh, round of orders. And um, I got my uh, my bi-monthly massage going on today after this. So that's uh, something I'm looking forward to, to kick back and relax some for a good hour and a half and just pamper myself. But uh, now I've never had a massage before. So, oh. I mean... I don't know if you want to get into it. <laughs> Dude, it's just like if you could like get into being comfortable getting a massage, it's the best thing you could do for yourself. Like seriously, like if you could go to the massage parlor and be like, okay, I'm comfortable with this person, this place and everything and just be able to let go when you lay there and just let her do her thing or him or whatever you choose. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's great, dude. It's uh, it feels good. You know, it's, and it's not like you should just go for a massage once a year. It's something that should be done like a lot of other things we should do to our bodies. Like, you know, like we have these cars that every certain thousand miles on them, we bring in for an oil change, right? Mm. Well, you don't just do one oil change per year. So you should get more than one massage per year. You should go at least every two months. So that way all the work she put in isn't done for nothing. You know, because it's like a, a therapy pretty much is, you know, trying to put things back into place and fix things, but you're only going once. So it's not going to get fixed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I've noticed the difference in the past two years. I've been going every two months and uh, the massages get more and more relaxing as I go because I'm not as stiff as I was from the beginning. Right. So I could actually go there now and sit back and relax. And she's not working on me as hard. And mm-hmm. I just get to fucking evade everything else for that hour and a half mm. so it's more of a uh, a mental health thing than anything else i think also physical but yeah but i do suggest that you guys go get massages and i'm not talking about those happy ending massages most of <laughs> you have girlfriends have her take care of that for you but hey yeah. now hey now but other than that things are uh things are moving along man busy as yeah. usual in the shop i uh I got that nice Damascus cleaver that I'm looking forward to finishing. The pattern came out really wild on that. You know, it's a random pattern, but hammering it out changes things a bit. So that came out pretty gnarly. I'm definitely enjoying mm-hmm. that. But, uh, yeah, you know, pretty much all good stuff. I wouldn't want to bring up any of the bad stuff, but yeah, it's good <laughs> in general. 
we we have had uh we added somebody uh uh todd harrington uh mentioned that we should do a, a segment on this show called the french pickler yes and then so i mentioned it one time where we where we all do a, say a french you know like pickle would teach us a french phrase and because see today is valentine's day we're recording this on valentine's day so i've got a i've got an idea Okay. I think I think that Pickle should uh, help us say "I love you" in French. Now I already know how to say it. Okay, but uh, um, I this is giving me an excuse, by the way, to play this. This is our intro <laughs> to this from Luke Johnson. All right, you guys ready for this? Sure. <laughs> All right, here we go. Écoutez et répétez le pickle français, the French pickler. I don't know what he just said. Do you know what he just said? Pickle? He said to listen, to repeat, and then the French tickler. And okay. Something like he said something about listen and repeat. Like Okay, okay. Yeah. So so, so it's I love like, you. I'm 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 gonna do my version of I love you in French and you tell me if this is correct, okay? You ready shoot. for this? Yes. Je t'aime. That is one hundred percent on point. Je t'aime. Yes. Moi aussi je t'aime. All right, Brian. Wait, wait, say that one more time. (laughs) Moi aussi je t'aime. And what does that mean? What did you say to somebody that says I love you? I love you back or I love you too? I love you too. Yeah. I love you too. So moi, so walk me through it. Moi. Moi aussi. Aussi. Kind of like Aussie, but say aussi. Ousi. That wasn't Ozzy yeah. wasn't the word I was envisioning, but okay. <laughs> but I meant I didn't I didn't mean to say Aussie. I meant to say Aussie, like a Australia, like a Aussie. Yeah, Ousi. But you just say ooh instead of ah, and then uh, je t'aime. Moi aussi. Okay. Je t'aime. Moi aussi je t'aime. That's it, man. Moi aussi je t'aime. Yes, sir. I'm fr- I'm. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm French. <laughs> From the waist down, I'm French. <laughs> Part of my lower jaw is also French. But anyway, all right. So that I like that segment. I think we should we should learn a little bit of French on this show from time to time. And because I think it is a beautiful love language, I've always wanted to learn French. It's it fascinates me. It fascinates me when I hear, uh, especially when I hear Nick talk you know, speak French because, you know, I speak to him in English, but then I watch your lives sometimes and you do them in French for the people who are around you. And I love it. It's great. It's a beautiful language. Anyways. All right. Definitely. Have I lost everybody with this? No, it's definitely a complicated language to learn. That's for sure. Like I myself had to learn how to speak French, right? Like I started school in a French school and I couldn't speak a word French. And still to this day, I would make a horrible French teacher. Like it's it's not the easiest mm. language to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I like the segment, so I think we should bring it back. If you'd like to hear a phrase spoken by Nick, send us a message, or send you can shoot me a DM if you want to hear us try to practice something in French. And I already know what you're thinking. You know, send me something that is maybe a little bit junior high. All right, which is fine if you want to do that. That's fine. All right. Did you guys know that 17,896 projects have been posted under the hashtag WFI projects on Instagram? And you, too, can be featured on the show. We will shout you out. We will stroke the shaft. We will take the balls. That's it. Goodness. If you have them, you may not have them. I don't know. You may not have them. If you do, then you could get mentioned (laughs) right here on this show. And uh, I'm going to shout out um, abstract underscore blacksmith. We all know who this is. This is Lando Novak up in uh, uh, where's he at? Like Alberta or somebody. I don't don't know where he is, but he's up in Canada somewhere. And he's doing the, the hard work that is making tools. Uh, in, in with his press and top uh, tools, swage blocks, and all these fun things that watching him do this work can't help to think that maybe I have inspired him to do some of this work, which I love. I absolutely love. Not that he hasn't been doing this for a long time, but I think you know sometimes you get inspired when you see people doing things. 
And I love that about Lando. And I'm going to be on a show again with Derek Melton. Get Ooh, this. Oh, nice. Me and Derek Melton and Lando. I don't know if Kevin's joining us or not, but if he is, then all four of us are going to be on the Forge Side Chat podcast. We're going to be recording that tomorrow night. I don't know when it'll get launched, but I'm looking forward to it. And Lando, I see your hustle. Appreciate you, brother. Nice. Can I go? I've can I go? Can I go? Sne- oh. oh. Go right ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead you already started. Uh, no, I got germs. first. <laughs> I got germs metalworks. I uh, posted this a week ago, but I'm uh, just seeing it now because, you know, fancy algorithms aren't always the best. But uh, this blade that he posted, I don't know what kind of pattern he worked into this or where he got this or what kind of crazy feathered pattern this is but it's just wild the handle is sculpted as well too with like a leaf and vein or feather with vein in it it's you guys gotta go check it out if you haven't seen it it is definitely a unique pattern on a blade because like the feathering or whatever's happening here is in the center of this this knife and then the top like the spine and edge is like the core material is black and so I don't know if you guys see it yet. I've seen it and it's unfriggin believable. And like I keep telling everybody, if you're not following Germs Metalworks, you should be. He has 2,030 followers and he yeah. deserves so much more. His work is insane. The amount of time that went into that knife has got to be just. I know, dude, that is beautiful. I'm really curious of the process now because, like, we all know, like, you could follow 10,000 people on Instagram and you'll see maybe. <laughs> you know, 1% of these 10,000 people posting. So you're seeing 10 people post on the regular, but there's still, you know, 9,990 other people that you're not seeing their shit. And Germs Metalwork is one of them that while I'm scrolling my feed, I don't see his work show up, but I am following him. Because, like, I'm going through mm. his feed right now, and his, and it's just, like, everything there I have not seen in the past month or so. Yep. Definitely so, you know, do your, an do your issue. maker friends a favor and uh, swing over to their pages to see if they're still alive and like a few things to get them flowing in your in your feed again. You know, boost the algorithms a bit because like I'm here talking about him. I'm clicking on his things. I'm liking his things. I bet you by the end of the day, I will be seeing germ stuff in my feed on the regular. And I think that's why WFI projects is so important as a hashtag because we talk about it, then everybody else goes out and looks at it and searches for it and all of that. And it brings up these makers that maybe don't have a, a big enough following to get into that, you know, that stream, that algorithm stream. So that's why I think this works so well. And it's the dedication of the community of people who listen to this podcast. They then, you know, hashtag, and it's a quick way to get eyes on your work. Uh, so make sure you're hashtagging WFI projects on Instagram. Brian, what do you got? Steve Ellis over at Red Snake Forge. You got to go check out his stuff. It's really fun going through his page because he doesn't only post blacksmithing knife stuff. He also kind of posts stuff about his family and stuff like that. So that's it's really cool to see um, not only his work, but his life. And he so plays go over guitar. To- and he, yep, that too. So <laughs> he's he's got this little, um, I don't know if you'd call it a drop point situation, but it is a really nice little knife. He says it's only up to 80 grit, but that, you, I mean, you would fool me on this thing. Root oh, to forge, right? a lots, lots of uh, brass and a couple different materials in the handles. It's just a really sharp looking knife. I mean, both sharp and also sharp looking. Um yeah, he's just doing really good over there, and you should definitely go check out his work. And I think this one's available. So if you go over and you like it, you have an opportunity to pick it up. So go check out Red Snake Forge. He is currently at 1,107 followers. So boost that up. If you haven't been following my cousin Ira on oh, dude. Instagram, he made a Damascus heart today for Valentine's Day. It is so and this- cool piece is really great and the way he made it is brilliant and beautiful and he did a great job doing it i'm proud to call him my cousin ira housework and uh he's a good dude and uh, go check out his work Fifty-eight thousand two hundred followers on instagram 
He is a successful blacksmith making a living doing the hard work that is, um, you know, working with steel and making it work for a living and everything. So, and by the way, he's an insanely creative human, uh, kind and creative human. And so, you know, when you watch his work, you can tell he has a deep seated understanding of the material. And mm-hmm. that's, I just love watching the guy work and I'm proud to call him my cousin. So go check he, out Ira Housework. Just uh, being able Instagram. to sit down with him last year at Blade Show and have a conversation with him was, you know, was fucking great. Like you could tell he is a legit good person. Like you could tell with people when you talk to them for the first time in person, you know, when you've had a uh, relationship with them online for the, you know, for a while and then you actually get to meet these people, it's, it's, uh, it changes things, you know, it, um, I'm trying to, now that French expression when it sound good in English changes the water and the fucking beans. <laughs> you know what? what? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta ça, save that ça, one ça, for a French, French pickler yeah. episode. <laughs> change, change it changes, you know, just the way things are in between two people, like in, in a relationship, like, like, like me and Brian house, like, we had a relationship online, you know, for a year and a half or so before we actually met in person. And then like meeting somebody in person, you could actually confirm at that point, you know, these are your kind of people is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. it just gives you a better, a better feel about that person when you get to meet them. And uh, Ira is one of those people that, you know, definitely is a legit good person. He's not a rich. Yeah, I need to get out to Colorado and uh, hang out with him. I've, I've been yeah. saying I'm going to do this for so long, so uh, I need to get out it, there and go hang out in the ranch. Speaking of Richard, I wanted to bring Richard Beck up real quick. It's no nowhere mm. to be found in the hashtags or anything, but like he and his family have blown my mind in the past month. Like I, I just feel he deserves props on that and uh, what he's done with his shop. Yeah, he's, he's done, building that new shop, man. I'm dude, jealous. Look at the size dude, of that doing it, thing. The size of it. And they're he's literally doing everything himself. And he's doing shit he's never done. And he's got his wife and his kids by his side backing him the whole way through. You know what I'm saying? They're handing him and they're climbing up these scaffoldings to hang sheet metal and OSB with the, their father. You know what I'm saying? It's like kids don't do that shit today. So you could tell these guys have a... Uh, a very tight bond as a family. And that's mm. something that I enjoy watching that process of them building that shop together as a family, you know, like his, um, how can I say it? His, his pride and his, his heart. Yeah. It's inspiring. His, his heart is definitely all in on that project and his family is definitely all in with him. And that's just solid. It's just, I don't he's know. He's the it's epitome inspiring. of, he's the epitome of what we talk about on this uh, podcast and you would think you know he is considered a competitor to me he sells a lot of the same stuff I do but we talk a lot Richard and I and it's really I don't see it that way so much I see it as like you know um, free market iron sharp, sharpens iron type deal mm-hmm. and we push each other to be better and to see somebody like Richard take control of his side hustle and you know create something bigger every day you know he's working hard to create something more and more every day so i i do feel the the camaraderie with him and to watch his growth has just been fantastic because you can you can see that he's super committed to the process Mm. there's a lot of people out there that say they want to change their lives. They say they want to do this, this, and this, but then ultimately it's words, you know, action. Again, we talk about this a lot on the show. I've had a lot of things recently that are time sensitive. I have to complete. I'm trying to move forward and it's been dragging me, dragging me, dragging me. And I realized that I need to take my own advice and just take action, right? Go and do it. Like, you know, quit thinking about it and go do it. So, uh, and he's the, you know, he's doing the same thing, you know, by the way, he's got a full-time job. So he's doing all this stuff at night and on the weekends to try to get his shop up and running so he can get back to work, not back to work, but, you know, back at making things, um, you know, cause I'm sure the shop is taking a lot of time, you know, to put it all together. 
So anyway, I uh, I see the progress too, and I love watching it. So go check out Bex Armory LLC. So that's all one word, Bex Armory LLC on Instagram. Nine thousand two or nine thousand twenty six followers at the moment. And uh, you see who else one. is throwing up? Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Pickle. <laughs> that's twice. <laughs> but I was going to say, do you see who else is throwing up uh, an extension to their shop this week? Uh, he was just down in my shop uh, yeah, two days ago. Yeah, he was just down yeah. in your shop picking up forges. and uh, yeah. No, just forges. Is he picking up grinders too? No? Yeah, he, he's, uh, he bought three new grinders and uh, two forges for his expansion. That's Jordy the Knife Maker. Hell yeah. That was like a happenstance thing, man. Jordy, uh, if you look him up, Jordy the Knife Maker, all one word on Instagram, 5,102 followers. He is, um, he does knife making classes near Tampa. So just a couple hours north of us. And the guy is crushing it, doing amazing yes. work in his shop. It makes me want to go down there and take a clash just to have one of those tomahawk mm-hmm. steaks for fuck's sakes. <laughs> yeah. He discontinued the tomahawks. He moved them. Uh, now he's doing like ribeyes or something, but it's still just uh, as still, good. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. yeah. He's, he said the tomahawks are just taking up too much room in his freezer. And so like when you take, <laughs> when you take a class from Jordy, get this. So you go and you do a full day out at Jordy's ranch. You take a class from him. You make a knife. All the while, he's got a full bar, he's got cigars, and he's got steaks. So it's an experience. It's not just walking in to make a knife. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you get dinner, you get uh, you know, cocktail, fi- you get a, a finished knife. Cocktail preferably at the end of the day, not using the power hammer or the forge <laughs> or the press. But at the end of the session, cocktails and cigars. And I think what I love about this so much is that Jordy comes from the restaurant industry, right? He was a chef. And when COVID hit, he lost his job. He just didn't have anything to do because, you know, a lot of restaurants closed. Well, then what does he do? He learns how to make knives because he loves knives. He loves culinary knives. He wanted to learn how to make them. He realized really quickly that he has a, um, an ineptitude for teaching and bringing people along for the ride. The guy has grown his business 10x since i've known him last year and can't keep up so he any uh supports housemade by buying all housemade gear so housemade grinders housemade forges and uh, they run them in the shops and by the way they're running them and running them hard this mm-hmm. is something to take away from this every day the guy has classes and he's got novices using my equipment and every single day and he keeps coming back to buy more so appreciate you jordy Love you, brother. Good to see you, and uh, and uh, more success in the future. I hope for you. Hey, Brian, I saw that post. I believe it was yesterday where you're showing off some uh, pre-made grinders. Was that for him? Nope, that's not for him. the The pre-mades, one of them is going to get raffled off this month, mm. and I haven't done a raffle in like three years. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to build one of these things because I've got a new parts supplier now. Mm. So I had to have them run a prototype for me. And in order to determine if the parts were good, obviously need to build a machine. Sure. And the other three machines are going to our man, Mr. Ryan Brueck over at Gnome Hammer Forge. He has invested in three grinders from us, one of which will be a Tsunami, which is the wider belt. Uh, he will be, you, you know, basically testing that for, you know, the work he does, which is really important uh, to have a wider belt to do hammer making would be very beneficial for him. And he's going to be a housemade shop, man. He's he's uh, we've converted him. He's ready to go. Yes. Housemade all the yes. way. Love it. I'll need to so I'm building them for him because I'm building him a forge too. I'm building him that prototype hammer making forge. So I, I it's all going on a pallet you know, going up to him. So let me tell you a story about Ryan real quick, real fast. I tell him like, Hey, I'm going to send you all this stuff on a pallet. Do you have a forklift? And he goes, no. And then three days later, he sends me a video of him (laughs) buying a forklift. (laughs) So (laughs) is that what happened? (laughs) Let me just put this in perspective. 
because I told him, I'm like, look, man, I want to send you a bunch of stuff because we're doing production. Uh, we want to do we want to get into more production blacksmithing tools, right? Hammers, tongs, all swage box, all this stuff. I want him to run through his shop. And he loves it. I mean, he wants to do it hundreds at a time. So I'm like, okay, well, let's let's get you set up to do that. And uh, step one, get a friggin' forklift because you're going to need it. And uh, because of the volume of stuff, you know, my my metal supplier will deliver to him in Michigan. So oh, nice. they have shops up there. Yeah. So I just hired them to cut everything and send it right to him. But he has to have a way to get it off the truck. Yeah. This is his commitment level. Understand, like, you know, he he is all in. And when I say all in, both feet all the way up to that uh, gnome head of his. <laughs> He's in. Right through his earlobes. <laughs> yeah, a special kind of too. love for Ryan. I really yeah. have a special kind of love for that guy. He is like, uh, he's, he's just he's doing amazing work. He's a good guy too. Like, I, you know, since I've met him online, he's one of those people that I'm really looking forward to meeting in person. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's so, you'll he's love so him. close to me. I need to finally make a trip over and check out his shop, especially once he has a tsunami in there. How far yeah. is he from you? Maybe an hour, hour and a half. Oh, shit. No way. That's fuck. That's yeah. nice. That's cool. How far away are you from Holland, Michigan? Maybe an hour, hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're, so you're an hour and a half Michigan. away from everywhere, apparently. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I mean, there's I like a reason that. why the university here is called Central Michigan. I'm smack dab in the center of center gotcha. of everything. Well, I just Central uh, University I've, of Michigan, CUM, right? Something like that. <laughs> a joke never gets old, pickle. Never gets old. <laughs> I, uh, I I just purchased a big anvil from uh, yeah. Holland. The those yeah, guys over did. there. How much is that weigh again? Four hundred and forty pounds. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and it's all cast H thirteen steel. So and, and, and you know what he serious. told me he needed this anvil for? What's that? He said he needed a really flat surface. That's why he got it. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, I need. A, he, he ruined I, a perfectly good anvil. I can't set my coffee anvil. cup on my old anvil. I can't. I can't set my coffee cup on that old anvil. It's all dished out. Because you you ran it on the mill. That's why. <laughs> I tried to fix that old anvil. There's not not a lot of fixing going on in that world. And uh, and I'm, you I'm know when you do the math and you start. Oh, I, I can take it. Trust me. I don't mind. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I shopped around a lot for big anvils. And I've been messaging people because I have connections, you know, and telling them like, hey, I need an anvil. And I preferably want it 400 pounds plus. I need a big anvil to make big impressions. And I want it to be kind of a flex. And just about everything on the market used is beat and yeah. expensive. And, yeah. it, and it was like, so I, you know, Greg makes them, you know, brand new in his shop in freaking Michigan, H13 steel, brand new, flat and perfect. He'll throw it on a pallet and ship it to you. And uh, yeah, no, it's not cheap, but it's comparable to some of these hundred year old uh, uh, anvils that you don't really know. You know, what is the status of the face? Is is it mm. still hard? Is it cast? Is it iron? Is it faced? Whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to spend the money with Greg and just do it that way. And uh, the second I pulled the trigger and made the order, he messaged me and was like, thank you. I cannot wait to see this in your workshop. This is yeah. this made my day. Thank you so much. Like, he's such a kind human being. And it's like that's the guy you want to buy from, you know, yeah. he's, he's making anvils like the, like not the old way, but he's casting H 13 steel, like modern old techniques with modern materials. And I love that. So I'm supporting Holland anvil. I think they're fantastic. They, they did not give me, by the way, no discount, nothing. I paid full price. It's not like that. It's just, I want to support American made and yeah, you can buy an anvil for, you know, whatever price on Amazon and stuff. And they're made overseas. That's great too. I have one of those too. I, I like that anvil. It works. It's just that I needed a showpiece that I could bang on hot steel, make content around it. And I'm supporting Greg and millions of people are going to see his logo on the side of my anvil. 
and hopefully it gets him some business. Hopefully he sells out of everything he has because of it. And because he's making stuff in the United States, I can do it. So let's go. Let's go. I'm doing Speaking it. of 400 plus pound anvils, I have a little bit of a story and I'm super jealous. So okay. <clears throat> Emily's dad's father. So it would have been Emily's grandpa on her, on her father's side. He was an absolute behemoth of a man. Um, and he died when his Emily's dad was younger. So, you know, I never was able to meet him, but he kind of get a reference his wedding ring you could almost fit a 50 cent piece through that big. he's a big dude. whoa so he's andre the giant big yeah literally so emily's dad is big he's a runt of the family mm. so um he used to have a 400 plus pound anvil on his on his property and he Emily's dad has stories of him picking up that anvil and putting it in the back of his truck. Get out of here. Yeah, he's a he Damn. was a big I mean he was he was a, a lumberjack for a living. Okay. So yeah. you gotta be I was there. gonna ask, was he but, a lumberjack? <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. But um so that anvil hit so the property they originally were on got sold and then sold multiple different times. And the the little barn that it was in, more of like a shed has fallen down and you know it's it's up north where you know our campsite is for the summer and we drive past it every single time i drive past that i'm like man i just want to trespass on there and just see if the anvil's still there <laughs> yeah like is it, is it like buried halfway under the ground or something that's the thing is i'm sh- i guarantee you nobody moved it out of there I, this I could be like a king still in there. It's this probably could be like a still King there. Arthur scenario where you like it. The, you go on the property, right? And just the horn is sticking out of the right. ground. And if you can <laughs> lift it out of the ground, you can have it. Kind of Here's good. the other thing is this. This property is now abandoned. So, I mean, <laughs> I could probably get. A, I mean, I'm talking about it live on air. So, I mean. I'm definitely not going to go on there anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would not suggest you break the law, but I, at the same time, if it is abandoned, you may want to look up the owner and just yeah. like message them and say like, Hey, would it be all right? You know, tell them the story yeah. about Emily's grandfather and all of that and see what they say. They might just tell you to go on the property and get it out of there. You never Ooh. know. Could you imagine yeah, having a 400? Oh, oh that'd be nice. No, I was just gonna. It's, it's not the same story as yours, but we got a family anvil laying out in a field right now too. Like it's, it was in the family for a while. My uncle had possession of it, and my cousin sent me a picture of it not too long ago before the winter. And he's like, "If you want it, you could come and get it." And it's, it's broken, unfortunately, but uh, it's, it's a thing. These anvils could be sat sitting lost in a field for years and years before somebody else finds it. You know. You yeah. see shit like that come up on the anvil groups like, oh, I found this in a field. It's like, who the fuck just yeah. puts an anvil in the middle of a field? But it happens. <laughs> Falls off well, the back was, of a truck and you can't get it back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking with. So I had a Haas tech come out and look at my CNC machine yesterday. And um, he was from Buffalo, New York. And we were talking about the anvil and the anvil in my shop. The old one is from Buffalo. And anyway, he was telling me that he used to work for Bethlehem Steel. And when Bethlehem Steel started going out of business in the 80s, late 80s, or not out of business, I don't know what they, whatever happened, they downsized. They threw away. He said they threw, he was part of the crew that was taking the anvils out of the uh, buildings and throwing them in dumpsters. Mm. Oh my God. He said they must have thrown away hundreds of anvils. And I oh said, man, God. yeah, if you would have had a way to keep those, they'd be worth tens of thousands of dollars now. And he said, yeah, they were yeah. great because they were, they were stamped with or for or cast with Bethlehem steel on the side. They were like made for Bethlehem, which is nice. like super interesting. But, uh, but yeah. And it, I, anyway, long story short is, is he was saying, Oh, I wish I would have done that. I'm like, yeah, man, but he didn't. So, <laughs> I don't know one where last, you're to one these last story about Emily's years. grandpa. Um, he was telling me one time that him and a couple of his brothers, basically, that for getting stuff up for the lumberjacks, they would have to 
um, load in these 50 gallon drums of some sort of, I think it was like some sort of oil or gas or water, some sort of a liquid 50 gallon drum full of them. And it would take multiple brothers to, you know, start loading these things in. And then Roger's dad would just walk up and lift, you know, put them in just by himself. He's a monster. Jesus, I wish I could have met that dude. Those <laughs> old folks back in those old folks back in the day, though they they were fucking something different. Like they were a different breed. My father was yeah. a uh, a logger himself too, until he had a mishap in the woods and a, a dead treetop fell on him, and it ended mm-hmm. his career. But my father weighed 135 pounds as a uh, logger, and um, I remember as a kid seeing him and his brother-in-laws, my mother's brothers, which are all fucking like size of a fridge, uh, like, you know, do like strongman shit, like compete against each other. Like this big log right here during like heating, like a wood season for heating, uh, they would be splitting wood and they, you know, who could pick up the biggest log and put it in back of the truck or on the splitter or whatever engine blocks, the same thing too is like, who could pick that engine block all while they're having beer in the garage, you know, like, let's just do this and pick it up off the ground and see who's stronger. And it's like, I wouldn't even try anything like that. When any of my friends today, like, look at that motor block and be like, I could pick that up. Can you? And they'd be like, let's try. No, I wouldn't do that. Like, like I look at my old man walking today and he walks like, like a fucking, I don't know what he walks like. <laughs> it's hard to say because he's fucking shot. Like his body is wrecked. Yeah. Uh, so it'll catch he, up to you. That's for exactly. sure. That's, it'll catch it up to ca- you. So. It does catch you know up to you. who's not wrecked though? Maritime I would Supply. Say- <laughs> oh, you got me. I was about ready to go there. I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. I got to step away anyway for one second. Now, I can tell you Maritime Knife Supply is totally not wrecked because I've had a couple different orders in the last week from him. And I'm telling you what, he gets it to you super quick and super reasonably priced. And you need to go check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and get all of the handle materials, steel, tools, abrasives, everything you need. You, Lawrence Lake has it over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Go ahead, Pickle. Who are we doing next? Who are we doing next? Let's do Koi and the boys at Baker Forge and Tool. Let me just pull up the website real quick so I could see if they got anything new going on. I know they did that drop of um, the, the rod iron stuff, which was fucking mm, phenomenal. Yeah, that's yeah, ridiculous I- looking. Yeah, it is. And uh, do they have anything? What's the next drop? Yeah, it's the raindrop Situmai rod iron. That's his new stock. And uh, other than that, you know, they got all the copper my stuff, the bronze my stuff with all these crazy chevron patterns, raindrop patterns, name it. They do it. Um, they just expanded their shop not too long ago with a bunch of new tools and space. So, like, the efficiency and the quality of their work has upped by, like, a hundred times in my opinion. And these guys are just simply killing it and they deserve the support from the community. So if like you don't have all that fancy equipment to make your own fancy steels, they're the place to go and get it from. Yeah. And if you do get it from them, you could put WFI 10 in there and you get 10% off your purchase. So that'll make you $10 more on a hundred dollar billet that you'll make off of selling that knife. And you could tenfold that knife on a hundred dollar billet too. Easily. Back when I was talking about the Vikings challenge, I was talking about a piece of material that nobody's ever seen that has come out of that shop. And I'm so excited to finally be able to start talking Ooh. about it. Ooh. Oh, look at you, Mr. Fucking special treatment. They're getting steel that nobody knows of. Oh, yeah. Ooh, somebody's <laughs> got a soft tongue. Hey, no. no, come on, no, no, come on, no, no. Uh, sorry, I had to, but yeah, Coy and the boys are fucking killing it. I I lift my hat to these guys. They are all about fucking business. There's no playing around. They're all about the dirty work too. They had Jay up in that Blanchard grinder yesterday, head first, cleaning out all the swarf. Like, who would want to do that? Like, I I would send, like, one of the lower-paid gray guys in there to do it. But, no, they send the shop manager in to do it, you know, because he likes to get dirty, obviously, and doesn't mind the hard work. And that's what's nice with Koi and his crew. These guys like getting dirty. There's not one reel you see of these guys where they're just disgustingly dirty. (laughs) You know, like, it's 
it's good stuff. I think you know, it's the other thing. The other thing I've noticed is some of the guys don't wear gloves while they're handling no. these big ass no. billets, and you're like, "How? You mean bitch? How mitts? are you doing this?" <laughs> and you know, I know that whole thing is like real blacksmiths don't wear gloves when they black. I mean. These are like, you know, eight, nine pound billets that are just radiating 2000 degree heat. <laughs> no you, get used okay. to it. you get used to it, though, when you're doing it, like on the daily, like you ever see those videos of the the foundries in like China where these guys are like bare, like they're just wearing shorts and flip flops. And they got this other guy with a bucket constantly throwing water at them, <laughs> yes, rolling out these big that. pieces of hot steel. You know, it's like, yeah, there's guys that have it worse than they do for sure. And, you know, to think that they're not wearing gloves, well, at least they got steel toe boots on. Right. <laughs> sure. Sure. All right. Do but we yeah. do all the ad reads? No, nope, you got Pelican uh, paste. Nope. Oh, you got, got Pelican paste. Ooh, She's Pelican yours. Paste. Ooh, my favorite wax in the business. That's right. Pelican paste. So good that Ryan over Gnome Hammer Forge signed up for their subscription service so that he can apply Pelican paste to each and every one of those hundred house made hammers you're seeing him produce right now. And that was a successful project because we all collaborated. And at the end of it, it was coated with the best wax in the business. That's right. Pelicanpaste.com. Use WFI 10 to get 10% off. And remember, they've got soft. They've got hard. They've got uh, the hand salve. They've got the subscription service. And even if you want to brand it to your own brand, you want to put your own logo on the tin so that you can give that away to your customer. Travis will do that for you, too. And he's one heck of a dude. Appreciate you, Travis, for supporting WFI. Couldn't do without you. Go check out pelicanpaste.com to find out more. There it is. All right. I'm ready to uh, to dive into the patron question, uh, if you guys are. Sure. Uh, um, I'll read this here. Okay. So this comes from Justin Blauert. I've got a question. I've been making knives for over 17 years, and I have become very proficient at it. On the other hand, I have not marketed myself until the last couple of years. I mm. want to grow my business, but I have limited time at the moment. Which would be more beneficial, to make higher-end products to display my skills or feature more entry-level pieces that may attract more people? but not help on the financial side to help me level up my shop. That's a great mm -hmm. question. And I'm going to just write them back. Answered on today on the after show. How do you make a um, tissue we're gonna dance? Oh, how do you make a Put tissue a boogie dance? In it. Oh yeah, you do. You definitely do. All right. That was lame. <laughs> you, or, or my favorite way to say it is, you put a little boogie in it. <laughs> okay, let me let me try this one here. What's okay. the What's an astronaut's favorite part of a computer? What's that? The space Free bar. Space? Oh, space bar. I like that. <laughs> I'm I'm looking through my very deep list of dad jokes that I've gotten from so many people here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jeff Carey this time. Armored up blades, I believe, is Jeff right? Yeah, I think that's his. Yeah, armor armor up. So make sure you go check out Armor Up Blades and EDC on Instagram. And um, he says, there is one thing that I've learned in this life. Never let anyone tell you what you can and cannot do. Take Beethoven, for example. They told him as a child he couldn't be a musician because he was deaf. But he just didn't listen. <laughs> uh, he all didn't right. listen at all. He, he definitely listen. was a good one, though. <laughs> He did not listen. All right. So anyway, if you got something out of today's show, make sure you go over to patreon.com forward slash work for it to hear the after show where you can ask us a question and we will answer it. Probably poorly answer it in the after show. I'm kidding. We'll of course, do our best. We do our best. We're going to give you the valuable data that comes from those questions like Justin's question today about marketing and or 
what should he build? Should he build higher end pieces? Should he build these uh, more flagship products that maybe are cost a little bit less to build up his customer base? And all three of us, I think, in this case, can answer this. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you guys agree? I think all three of us will have an opinion on this one. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, listen. If you if you uh, go to work today, which I'm assuming most of you have and are, make sure that you go out and listen to Dennis Terrell and Jared Sandoval of Echo Blades yeah. over at their new podcast, Triple T. Episode number two is out. You can go check that out and you can listen to it. It's really good. I'm telling you, for the guys who haven't been doing it for very long, it is really, really good. Man, I've got another podcast I want to shout out, but I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. It's this it's this little I mean, they're just getting into it type of a thing. Some I think Here it's called go. like knife knife talk or something oh something along those all right. lines. <laughs> <laughs> the setup was terrible, but we all knew you were gonna do something goofy <laughs> like this. But knife for real, talk. those guys are on the freaking game. They've been uh, been there forever. You gotta keep listening to them because there's always something new coming out of there that you've never heard before. True. And if you're interested in podcasts, and you probably are since you're listening to this, down in the show notes is a list of all the podcasts we listen to on the regular. If you have a podcast and you would like us to listen to it, you have to send us a message. You can DM us on Instagram or you can go into Patreon. You can message us there and we will listen to it. And if it's good, if it's shit, we're not going to recommend it. Just so you know, (laughs) we're going to tell everybody to stay away. No, I'm kidding. Send us a message. We'll add it to the show notes. Or if you listen to one that you think everybody else could benefit from, uh, send that to us too. The reason I say this is because for the longest time when I was starting to listen to podcasts on the regular, I didn't really have like a go-to list of maker podcasts. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, what do you guys listen to? Oh, I listen to this and that. And, and, uh, you know, some of the shows are great. Some of them are, you know, a little hard to listen to, but it, it, you get benefit and value out of each one of these. So if I find benefit and value, I'm going to put it in the list and you will also probably find benefit and value. Mm -hmm. Anyways, guys, appreciate you. Let's move on to the after show. I am ready to answer, answer Justin's question. Appreciate you guys have a great working week. This is Brian house signing off. On to the after show. After show, baby. So I'm before we jump titty. into it, what I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop saying titties at the end of the show because Nate keeps on flooding us with titty pics. God, <laughs> I know my that eyes guy. were falling out of my head that day. If you're, if you're if you're curious, go check out Walrus Steel on Instagram, and then imagine getting a unsolicited nude hold from on, him in the, in the DMs. Now, straight up, here's the thing. This time around, if you go over to Waller Steel and just message him titties, let's see if he starts sending that out to more people. Hey, your mileage may vary. You'll never know what you're going to get. <laughs>